2: Welcome back to a breaking news edition of the Courtney Fallon Experience. I don't know if it's breaking news so much, but I want to break some news to all of you. We have a very, very special guest in studio. Okay, I am looking for a young, ambitious. Uh, first of all, spit your gum out right now. Sorry, spit your gum out. Sorry, you you definitely are young Generation XY. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just considering you like Generation X Z Y N squared. You're like, you know, but you're Jan Cubed. Oh, no, Cubed. Like E E equals MC squared. Bryson NFL. Now, I started following you, I don't know, sometime in the summer. My good friend, Fitzy, Paul Fitzy Fitzgerald, Nick Stevens, comedian. Yeah, your uncle. I mean, everyone's uncle. He's a mentor of mine. I've been in some of his videos. He is a radio host here at WEI 937 FM in Boston. And you know, I think I just like I picked up, and I was like, "Damn!" I'm like, "This kid is funny." And like, listen, the one thing I'm not good at are the memes. I'm just <laughs> uh, listen. I'm 32 years old. I, you know, I'm a traditional reporter. I've worked at NFL Network. I've worked at MSG Network. I've worked at CBS. I was a you know reporter in Miami. I'm like I'm like by the book kind of journalist. I'm like I'm Ooh. like from like the Bill Belichick like like Boomer. slap your slap your wrist rule of thumb. <laughs> kind of book and and like this whole new wave of you know Mina Kimes who I love dearly like she's just nails it on the memes and like I just you really you really have your pulse not only on Patriots fandom but you're just very socially relevant and I asked you to come on the podcast today say hello to the good people of Weei, and then we will tell them quickly before we get into our big story how you got here Bryson NFL, introduce yourself, please. I need to stop talking.
3: What's up, everyone? Of course, it's Bryson here. I'm glad to be here with Courtney. And I will show her how to use memes and how to just figure out Twitter and use it better. I'll bump her tweets and juice her, and I won't call her a boomer too much.
2: Okay. I I think— But what you
3: just described in the first part was a boomer, but I don't think of you as a boomer, but— I, I, I was thinking about OK Boomer and you like meme the whole time.
2: <laughs> okay, clearly you sat. You are from the south, and I didn't know that because it says like you you spend like the summer in Taunton, Mass, and your and your Fitzy's, you know, your Fitzy's like uh, unrelated step uncle. You're like Uncle Danny, <laughs> Uncle Joey, like from Full House. I don't know what there's kind of like some some weird Nick Cage relationship between you guys. Like you know, you look up to each other. Listen, I look up to Fitzy too. You skipped the first day of school. (laughs) I said, I said, where did you get here from? You said, I flew up here from West Virginia. I said, what? You skipped the first day of your last semester in college to fly up to Boston to be on this podcast on a very special day for the podcast, the Courtney Fallon experience. Like, my mind is blown. I mean, like, explain yourself right now, please. Like, please. Like, I don't.
3: Well, first of all, I wouldn't miss it for the world because you're like my mom now. You said I'm your son, so Fitzie's my uncle, you're my mom, I don't know, work it out. But yeah, I woke up this morning. I had my flight. Actually, my flight was for yesterday, so I had to actually get a new flight, an entire new flight. And so I just flew up here, missed the first day, told my teachers they can just shove it, and I'll see them Friday, you know?
2: See them Friday. So the, the back story about this before we get into a very jam-packed Patriot show, we have some big news about- some scoop, scoop. The, some scoop. I, I you know, I, I, love a good scoopage. I had some scoop today that just dropped on my lap. Really, it just literally dropped on my lap, and I just was like, I listen, like I think this is worth discussing, and I think this would be a perfect topic for the podcast. I, how this is relevant to me is that, um, you know, I used to call into sports radio WEI when I was 16 years old. This is back in the heyday of. 16 years ago when they told me I was a woman, I was not allowed to be on air. FCC rules, you can't say that anymore. You know that. You can't. Okay, so they I used to call in. I used to skip school. Two periods a day, I'd call myself in. And um, I wrote my call essay about calling into this radio station and um, Dalen Arnold... What was the Dale and Keith show? I mean, what was Dennis and Callahan? I don't know. One of them, they just, they shot me down. They're like, oh yeah, 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 listen. And I, the whole point of the story was, you know, I was excited about calling back. So the fact that you actually skipped school to come on, you know, onto today's show is, is very relevant. Well,
3: I'm glad you think so because my mom didn't feel the very same about it. She teaches at my school and. She wasn't very happy about it. I, so I'm I think, glad to see that my second mom is very happy about it, and my sec my second third uncle Fitzy is probably happy
2: about it. I, thought I, happy about I think someone's happy. I think he's thrilled. Can you tell the good people where they can find you? Um, where what you talk about? The title Town Talk.
3: It's at Title Talk NFL. That's the podcast I yep. host with LB. And my name is, of course, at Bryson NFL. You All can right. find me on Twitter, Instagram. I don't use InstaFace too much, but I'm on Twitter. And okay. We, just dropped a nice we, little
2: bell check reference. Yeah,
3: we try to get away from the boomers on Twitter.
2: Okay. The boomers on Twitter, meaning me. Um, we just got to get a blue check mark next to your name. All right. Let's get to the big topic of the day. Josh McDaniels is in the middle of a coaching carousel a coaching carousel that seemingly was pretty open a couple of days ago it started with the trickle-down effect of the sleepover for jerry jones and mike mccarthy and after they had you know shared their little popcorn and watched their netflix and they chilled he just did not want to let him go had a little open relationship with jason garrett he had to let jason garrett go it was a very bad kind of like a messy bruisy breakup jason garrett It's not over for him, though. But I think Mike McCarthy was a good upgrade for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people here in New England had originally assumed that that position was going to be headed for Josh McDaniels. And possibly in tow after a meeting with Jerry Jones that Josh McDaniels would suggest he would bring along Tom Brady. Because a lot of these rumors have the two of them synced. Now, a week and a half ago over Christmas... We had Peter King on the radio over on the uh, Dale and Keefe show on the fill-in. And he said, listen, it is not necessarily synonymous that the two of them are linked together. But a piece of news from a very trusted source kind of stepped across my desk, so to speak, this afternoon. Since the McCarthy news had broke a few days ago, there has been kind of a flurry waterfall of the other coaching positions that are open Most notably, the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants closing the doors and sealing the deal on their coaching candidates within real hours of each other. I will start out by saying this. Josh McDaniels, he is so incredibly well-respected, not only in the ranks of the Patriots organization, but he has coached up the greatest quarterback of all time. He deserves a head coaching job in this league. He has proven time and time again that he is—he has deserved. He deserves to elevate himself from second fiddle under the umbrella of Bill Belichick. And he deserves that. Josh McDaniels has personal ties to the Cleveland Browns. That position obviously open from Freddie Kitchens hiring and then firing. Now, from what my sources have told me, under a trusted word in the NFL, that basically... David Tepper, the high-teppered, oh, dare I, I say, the high-teppered new billionaire head owner for the Carolina Panthers, who fired with four games left one of the most beloved head coaches in the NFL, did not even allow him, Ron Rivera. To finish out the season, did it in such a way that he felt just new owner, new power, that they want, they're paying a billion dollars for a franchise, they want to move in, their rule. Now from what I've been told, Josh McDaniels was David Tepper's number one head coaching choice, hands down, for the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers were not Josh McDaniel's number one choice. They weren't even his number two choice. Cleveland was his number one choice. He was comfortable with Cleveland. He was comfortable with the Patriots. Now, I'm not sure where the lines got crossed here that David Tepper personally found out that Josh wanted Cleveland, they being Carolina, and quote, that's all the billionaire owner needed to say bleep off. I would not want to get on David Tepper's bad side. And that is exactly what happened. And David Tepper then went ahead and was so furious because, mind you, he flew personally to Baylor to go meet with Matt Rule. If he really knew that Josh McDaniels was his guy and there was mutual interest he would have taken his personal plane and flown up to Foxborough on a Monday. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I just don't understand how this is conceivably possible to me and my eye, Bryson. And like, I, let me get this, let me get this right. This sounds to me less of like Josh McDaniels is passing on two of the two coaching positions because when it comes down to it, there are, there were three coaching positions a few days ago. And all of a sudden, Josh McDaniels is down to one. But the word had gotten around that the scorned owner and David Tepper was so pissed that Josh wouldn't even consider or at least give them the respect to put the Panthers high on his priority chart that he slammed the door. And what happened then? So the trickle-down effect. The Giants wanted Matt Rule. Tepper went out, overpaid for Matt Rule. So the Giants were stuck with either Josh McDaniels or Joe Judge. They went through this last year. He doesn't get along with Gettleman. Are they going to fire their general manager to go get their new head coach? Absolutely not. So they hire Joe Judge. Every Giants fan in America, Googling who Joe Judge is. Okay? So, I mean, this is how the situation goes down. And it's it's honestly, it's, it's, it's unfair to Josh McDaniels, in a sense— But I mean, if he really wanted to be, he was really prioritizing leaving the Patriots and having a head coaching position and had this opportunity so readily handled because from what I've been hearing that the Panthers wanted this guy number one and all of a sudden he was out. Does he really want to be a head coach in the NFL at this point?
3: Well, it kind of really sounds like he doesn't want to be a head coach in the NFL. Sounds like he doesn't want to be a head coach at all. I mean, in 2014, he was supposed to be the head coach of the Browns. They thought he was going to be the head coach, and he didn't take that job. He didn't take the Colts' job. Granted, Andrew Luck and Jim Irsay, all those problems. But, I mean, I think he just really said it all. Does Josh want to be the head coach somewhere else, or does he think the Patriots, he's in waiting for the Patriots, or what's going on there? I can't.
2: And here's the thing like, I. I listened and I watched national media crucify him, crucify him after he stepped away from the Colts' position in the way that he did, and they swore that jo- they said Josh McDaniels will never, will does not deserve a head coaching position. And I watched all of them, even this year, say. I take that back. He deserves it because he does. He does deserve it. But why are we in this position again, where it seems as though the way that he went about trying to apply for these coaching positions, I, I don't understand how Josh is in this position again, where he looks like a hot mess because he deserves more. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Like I don't, I don't even understand. So now the situation in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings is also heavily favored by the other half of the Browns staff in that building. So it's coming down to, quote, unquote, an owner's opinion and an owner's emotion. And that, to me, is putting too much at risk up in the air without doing your due diligence. Neither of them have had a head coaching interview yet. I just, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the way that he's gone about doing this like is he trying to stay back in new england i don't think so like i it just it doesn't make sense it it really just doesn't make sense to me
3: you know what happens when like your friends ask you to go out you're always complaining like my friends don't invite me anywhere and then they invite you somewhere and then you have like staying home and watching netflix at 8 p.m Yeah, that kind of feels like josh mcdaniel's like he says all this stuff and we think he wants to be a head coach and all this stuff but all this evidence the browns the Panthers, the Giants, all this mountains of evidence kind of do say that he really doesn't want to be head coach.
2: I mean, but here's the thing. Like, I just... Um, Anywhere
3: else. The, he,
2: I just... I, listen, it, the way that they overpaid for Matt Rule and the way that they had to give him a buyout and got somewhere in the range of 6 to $10 of some sort from the billionaire David... The scored billionaire, okay? If you had worked in the organization, I'm just saying, say, say I'm Bill Belichick and you're Josh... And you know, you're looking at like a wild card Monday and you're saying, Hey man, listen, like I, I could be losing out on like an ex head coaching position if it's a matter of a day from six to ten million in that one day, and I am your buddy, Bill Belichick, wouldn't you not say like Hey man, like uh, you know, we can we can wrap up this you know this Titans film in a in a, in a, in in another you know in the next day. Go go get your interview and come back. Like I, I mean, are the Patriots? I, I'm not sure, but like, are the Patriots that regimented that like he wouldn't even let him go and miss out on on his next coaching candidacy? I, I that's it, none of to me. None of this makes sense. It really doesn't. And like, I guess that's. I, I, I'm I'm just I'm asking existential questions here and asking them to myself because you're I think you're equally as confused. Three days ago or two days ago, there were three head coaching positions and all of a sudden because of one false decision or one rumor of some sort, the door was closed on two of them. And now Josh is down to one. That is the breakdown of the news of the day. Now, Bryson, I need your take on where Tom Brady is going. I need to get you to give me the full details, and I also need to give you the full details on like when you actually believed that the Patriots were going to bow out of the playoffs. Because to me, that game, that wild card game, was not something that like in the years past. Like I didn't want to wake up and. Like watch that game. There was nothing really that excited me so much so about this Patriots team so late in the season that really got me going. like I think that they really lost everyone. They lost everyone on week seventeen, and like going into this game, it was just so anticlimactic, it was almost like, please let please let the dead dogs lie. Oh. you know, I mean, I just go.
3: Well, I think in week 17 when they played the Bills, I felt really good about the Patriots and their chances because they played a tough team, a tough defense. The offense was moving the ball. The Brady looked really good. The offense looked good. Harry looked good. The defense got a stop at the end there, and it was like the time where I thought they could make a real playoff run. And then week 17 came, and they were sleepwalking. And then I f- after the game, I felt really different. I had a pounding headache, and I felt like the Patriots probably were going to bow out in round two. Maybe not the divisional, they can handle the Titans at home, but then they did. And seeing Tom the whole year, maybe get your take on it. Helmet off all year, look how young I am. It like just all year was depressing to me because I felt like it was like a just a long breakup.
2: You, you, that's an actually an very interesting thought. You just, you know, he had the helmet off, and he's just—he never used to do that. You think, you think it was a vein that? Wow, that you know, that's something I haven't heard. You think that he was just the helmet off, like, look how young I am. Wow, that's like a young Adonis. You know, I mean, like, I don't know if I'm getting my Greek mythology right, but that's a very interesting thought at what point in the season do you think at what week did you think that his age really started to show because there were points during that season during when I was doing my podcast in in Los Angeles earlier in this early in the year that I mean this offense was clicking on all cylinders and I mean and this is after they let go of Josh Gordon and, and that disaster in Antonio Brown
3: the difference in Brady and other old quarterbacks is that his sack rate was really good. He was really moving in the pocket good and throwing the ball well and which is something older quarterbacks just don't do. You see Peyton Manning statue in the pocket, getting sacked, and Brady's moving around, avoiding sacks. You actually saw it in the divisional game where he had a really nice throw where he avoided pressure and he he I think at one point was the like the twenty second most pressured quarterback in the NFL and his yeah. sack rate was like five percent because the guy just moves around well. Now, he had a couple balls this year that would sail high or whatever like that. I don't like to admit when dad's not looking too well, but he had a couple games like that. But I still think he really has it.
2: Um, So, obviously, at the end of the year, it's kind of like, you know, the end of the year dump. Where everyone just kind of takes all of their crap and dumps it on the floor. And we're hearing stories about uh, Julian Edelman. Obviously, there were just rumors about this shoulder injury that just looked like the humpback of Notre Dame. a, a, A tremendous growth. Apparently, it's an AC joint, I believe, in his left shoulder. He is needing to undergo surgery, according to Jeff Howe of The Athletic which that is a given. I'm very surprised that other injuries and Julian's little repertoire haven't really surfaced. From Mike Giardi of the NFL Network, that there was some lower body injury, a leg injury, a foot injury from Brady that he suffered very late in the season. How much more can this guy withstand? Because I think that that is the biggest question going forward. If you are another team and Brady hitting the impending free agent market on March 18th, and we'll get into the Instagram post that he posted earlier today, how do you view the upcoming 43 year old Tom Brady to potentially sign all the injuries, like with two, what possibly with two seasons left? Is that enough of a risk? For a new franchise to be signed, say you are the Sandy... Jeez. Cheese. Stop it. Until say they you do are, something, they're, not the, they're you, not the Los Angeles they Chargers. Are, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Say you are the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, with Philip Rivers stepping away from whatever, if he signs one more year or if he steps away and goes to sign somewhere else or if he just flat out retires. And you are in the draft and you signed some 22-year-old wide receiver kid... In the first, second, third round. And you have 43-year-old Tom Brady, who has gone through 20 seasons of the NFL. And when you get to that point, when you are at a veteran status in the NFL, OTAs, that's not something that you really do. Preseason games, Mm, nah, got to save that for late in the season. You know who I learned that from? My buddy Mike Pouncey. He's the (laughs) center for the Chargers. He don't do no preseason, and I better believe that he tapped out once that season was going to crap. My boy was like, yep, hip injury acting up. See you later. Listen, that is something that veterans do, okay? They say that. How do you think – if you are paying Tom Brady 30 million dollars a year or whatever hometown discount that he does not want, which I believe he deserves, fully 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 believes he believe he deserves. Well, what about this makes sense? if he's signing with a new team and you have some new wide receivers that are trying to get on the same page with your quarterback and your guy doesn't show up until September, how does that work for your franchise? And how does that work for your franchise going forward if you sign him to a two-year deal? And you can't get on the same page until, I don't know, week 14 of the NBA NFL season? Because the mistakes that the Patriots made in week 16, week 17 of the NFL season really were made in April. When Brady doesn't come to the OTAs, he doesn't come into offseason workouts, he's not working with Jacoby Myers, he's not getting on the same page as Philip Dorset. whether or not Mohamed Sanu is hurt or not. He is not on the same page with his guys. Because that's just that's just Brady. That's just the legend of Brady. He picks and chooses his guys. He calls up Danny. He calls up Jules. He calls up, like, I don't know, Rasheed Caldwell in the offseason. Hey, Wes, why don't you throw us some balls? Let's go out to UCLA, man. We'll just go hang on by the beach. We'll do a workout. We'll call it Danny and Tomlinson. like You know, like... Hey, he's a Cali kid. He has a niece that's going to UCLA and a full scholarship to play volleyball next year. Why don't we all just go play some? I mean, that's what the NFL players do. Like, literally. Okay. But how is that going to work when you are paying the man $30 million in a new franchise and he can't connect with his receivers? And then, I don't know. God damn it. You're back to square one. Like, to me, at this point, I'm sorry for ranting and being on the same level. I feel like I tried to like throw a little flavor in there, Bryson. I
3: like the flavor. Yeah, the
2: flavor, the <laughs> flavor, the voices come out sometimes. <laughs> to me, right now, and all things Josh McDaniels aside, this really doesn't make sense for him to... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
0: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in.
2: Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Leave the Patriots right now. It's like he's leaving the nest because I don't know if he goes to another franchise even if john gruden throws you know walks from las vegas all the way to foxborough like like a shepherd in the sun and he comes with his blistered feet and he's like here tom i have brought you the brink's truck like how uh, that's not going to work for a franchise if he only really is guaranteeing himself two years like uh, how it's just it's you're leaving the nest and you're leaving way too much open For him to call the shots and it not work out. Don't you think? Like, I think Tom Brady is smart enough, Bryson, to, like, I think Tom Brady is smart enough to figure out that, like, if he's going to do his last two years, he's going to make damn sure well. Like, Peyton Manning did when he worked with John Elway in Denver to surround himself and ensure that he has the highest chance to win. I don't think that there are many options abounding at this point in time in the season. And I think that he's going to wind up looking back at Robert Kraft and saying, hey, listen, I don't really want – I'm not taking a hometown discount, but I want to come home.
3: So what if you're the Las Vegas Raiders and you have Derek Carr on your team and here comes Tom Brady? Would you rather have Derek Carr, new stadium, or Tom Brady, 43, no major injury to anything that would hurt his skills, really, just – tendinitis and stuff like that. New Achilles tear, things like that. Number one in jersey sales, Tom Brady, Las Vegas, or Derek Carr. I
2: mean, but here's the thing. Here's the problem. Signing Antonio Brown last season for the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, I got that run right. I can't say San Diego Chargers. I can say (laughs) Las Vegas Raiders. Signing Antonio Brown was the worst thing for Derek Carr. That franchise has been stuck in complete purgatory for the last 5-6 years. Mediocrity in the AFC West as the Chiefs have been marching through I mean, even the Chargers have been better than the than the Raiders for years and that is because Derek Carr is a mediocre quarterback it has nothing to do with his injuries it is the fact that when John Gruden stepped in I don't think that that was his guy but when they signed Antonio Brown and you had a superstar like that before that dude went cuckoo you had no choice but to ensure your top star wide receiver that this was going to be your guy. Okay? And so they had to stake with him. And so now they're stuck with him again. I think that the Raiders are still trying to get rid of him. I still don't think John Gruden is stuck on him. But until that they draft someone else, they're going to keep Derek Carr. Like, that's like that's. I don't think that that's the issue. I think he's completely disposable. Now, here's the bigger question for me: is that if Tom Brady were to go elsewhere, say I don't know, I'm calling complete BS on him going to the Miami Dolphins. I just I think that that's the biggest bull crap. I think having Chad O'Shea there and then firing him and bringing in seventy gajillion year old, he's probably older than than uh, he's than, a boomer. He's a boomer. I don't even know what this term boomer means. Like, okay. So uh, basically having this guy come in and having Chan Gailey be at the helm, there's no way in hell Brady's going under. That's what I'm saying. Like the security blanket on this. I'm not buying, I'm not buying the whole Stephen Ross, you know, family, friends with Equinox, related companies, benefits. That's BS. Who would replace Tom Brady? As the quarterback of the New England Patriots, do you think Jared Stidham's got his stuff, well, or for... would you bring in someone like Teddy Bridgewater?
3: I'm That's all... my choice. Teddy Bridgewater? That's your choice. Dude, you don't have I no mean... faith in Stidham?
2: Stidham, say that again. It's Stidham. It's Stidham because
3: he's a stud.
2: Oh, oh, oh okay. You're you're, <laughs> you're being a baby. Bird.
3: I, yes, I absolutely am. You know, I have this picture of Jared Stidham on. If you saw it on the throne with his legs crossed out, and he's.
2: I, I don't. I don't. You but didn't tell me. Uh, tell me about what you think about Jared Stidham as a quarterback. Because here's here's my thing. Bill Belichick is a very traditional. He likes the pocket passers, pocket passing quarterbacks. That is that is his status. That is what he loves. That is what he loves to do. I, I, I'm I'm just thinking that when he passes on Tom Brady, that it's going to be a different style of quarterback. That's why a lot of people were suggesting someone. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson, but someone's kind of like a, you know, a Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson kind of like, you know, mobile quarterback, mobile first quarterback. That's why I'm suggesting that the best one would be Teddy Bridgewater. I think he might be a little too expensive. But in your eyes, would you take Jared Stidham as the head coach? And would you be okay? And do you think Patriot Nation would be okay with Jared Stidham being the, the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots?
3: Having Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback, you have a rookie um, contract quarterback that has virtually no hit on the cap at all. So either. Oh, I,
2: that, that is Bill Belichick's dream. It,
3: exactly. Yep. And so you either pay Brady or you have Stidham who has no cap hit at all, or you could bring in Teddy Bridgewater for what, 15, 20 million? I'd rather. For yeah. me, I'd rather have the rookie contract of Jared Stidham and then I'd rather just surround him with weapons. Just. Like like the Seahawks did, have a nice draft or two and just surround Stidham with the all sorts of weapons. Trade for OBJ. See if you can trade for OJ, OJ Howard. Surround OJ him. OJ
2: Howard, no way. Surround
3: him Here's with the weapons. Here's the problem with OJ with a Howard. Z.
2: No. He's, um, I, I know that he's an Alabama guy. He has proven time and time again he has the butteriest hands I have ever seen of all butter. He has like French butter hands. <laughs> He uh, he is the worst. I would. L- he has the worst offense. I mean, I'm sure that his buddy Jason Light, the general manager out down in Tampa, would love to get this guy, but uh, there's no way in hell that they would go. I I, I mean, I'm st- I'm thinking Zach Ertz.
3: I like it, Hunter Henry is a free Hunter agent. Hunter
2: Henry, and I you mean, money to, you have he, money
3: to spend with him. I mean, quarter. no,
2: but again, and here's another pr- here's another thing I wanted to bring up: the problems with the Patriots' offense. Start and end with the, with the runaround that Rob Gronkowski gave this team for the entire year. Rob Gronkowski, I, I would say, has to take more blame for the, the like the, the, the failures of the New England Patriots offense than anything else. I not only think that he messed with the emotions of Patriots fans, oh, yes. I think that he tooled I am so sick and tired of seeing this guy's face, my program director, looking at me. He's like, hey, are you gonna go and film Gronk Beach during the Super Bowl? Do I have to? <laughs> Seriously, do I have to? Did, did Steve Harvey get pissed off at Gronk be like, okay, I'm over Gronk after you smashed a Lego head of mine? I just—I'm tired of looking at this guy. I'm tired of his shtick. And to be honest, he screwed the Patriots. If he hadn't done this little runaround and hadn't given them a straight answer about what he wanted to do in this season— the Patriots would have would have gone out and would have spent money. Now, granted, Bill Belichick, I think in this offseason, really has to take a good, hard look. And I'm not saying this has to be— I think this is really up to his hands, whether he, what, he wants to pay Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's going to go test market value, and he's going to come back. I think Kraft is going to wind up paying him. And I think it's going to have to be a little tricky under the cap. They're going to have to do a little number crunching, a little more. But I think Bill Belichick— after this year does not really have a choice on underselling some of these free agents because of the way that he has hamstrung this offense time and time and time again. And I will tell you that it's starting to look more and more like it's going to be close to the end of the line for at least a lot of your heroes, including someone like Julian Edelman, because he's going to be guaranteeing six, $7 million a year. Belichick's going to get tired of paying him that, even if he's a hero, because he's used to doing that.
3: Yeah, you're right. Gronk was my hero. He's like one of the only jerseys I have. It's hung up in my house. I love the guy. But you're definitely right about last year. Gronk took his good old sweet time. Jared Cook was out there floating around. You think he might have probably wanted to be a Patriot. And he's,
2: oh, 100 percent. He's
3: balling out this year. It was, year. I, it, was I, it
2: was it was it was clear as day.
3: Well, you're right about Gronk. I mean, I would never, ever think that I would ever say, like, I've soured on Gronk a little bit. I'm tired of seeing him. Oh, I'm completely
2: done. I'm over it. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm full-blown throwing the towel. First of all, what the hell else does he have to prove? They just did the top 100. I mean, like, you're talking about arguing for guys who played in the 1930s and 40s, making a NFL top 100 all-time greatest players in NFL history and your Rob Gronkowski made that list what else does he have to prove why would he have to risk his head and like his career and his beautiful face to play football again he has nothing else to prove
3: yeah like the last year Gronk was talking about retiring I don't see why the Patriots just didn't kick the idea down the road and just go without him proceed without him but that's I mean I would rather have Jared Cook obviously and I'm I've definitely soured on Gronk as a Patriots fan. I'm sure a lot of people are. A lot of Patriots fans are, especially a lot of my friends. But I would have rather had a tight end. And I think Gronk did hamper the Patriots for a lot of that.
2: What are your thoughts on the Patriots running game? I know that has been a very hot topic in the recent weeks. Sony Michelle looked like he was shot out of a can over the last couple weeks. I feel like he was like someone was dangling a pink slip in front of his locker like every single day. They're like, hey, bro, guess what? Guess what? You might be a first-round pick, but I'm not really so sure you are even staying on the team.
3: Well, with the running game, it got a whole lot better once the greatest left tackle of all time came in there, Isaiah Wynn. Once he returned, the running game definitely got a lot better.
2: Did I sense a little sarcasm there?
3: No. No. I love Isaiah Wynn very much. Okay. That's my main man right okay. there, <laughs> but once Isaiah got win got back the run game definitely improved a little bit. It wasn't like one yard and in like it was before. It felt like they ca- kind of had some stuff to build on, and then it just it just kind of i don't know they had to go away from him because the passing game was so inefficient. You would almost yeah. you just want the Patriots to run the ball because their their passing game was so inefficient.
2: Dante Carnaia, yeah. oh, God love him. For everything that he has done for this offensive line, I mean, my go-to saying, and I say this over and over again, and my grandmother, God rest her soul, he could have turned my 95-year-old grandmother into an all-pro offensive lineman because he is that good. And it's so crazy, you know, how many times that you can just break it back down to the success of a football team based on the success of the offensive line. If the offensive line is clicking, my God, your running game gets going. Your quarterback gets more protection. You can, I mean, you have more time to throw out of the pocket. I don't want to be, like, for the people that know football, you kind of get where I'm going. But I I think that, like, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, I mean, you have to start thinking about the fact that this team, for the six Super Bowl rings, they went to three straight Super Bowls. Three straight Super Bowls. Bill Belichick preaches and his coaching staff, Josh McDaniels, should he return or should he go to Cleveland? (laughs) We will find out later this week, I'm certain. He preaches time and time again that the end of the season really just means the start of the offseason, and it means the start of breaking down the prospects. And with the amount of first round and second round and third round picks that seemingly For all the Twitter mongers and all the boomers and everyone out there who is analyzing the Nikhil Harris and the Isaiah Wins and everyone. This finally gives Bill Belichick enough time to really go back to the drawing board and to pick out those winners in the draft that we haven't seen over the last couple of years. And if there is any silver lining in any of this, number one, the dynasty is not over. Do not come at me with that complete BS because if Bill Belichick comes back, which we know he has because he has cloned his brain two more times in his son, Steven Bryan, who will be on this coaching staff for a few years more. If Josh McDaniels comes back, which is about a 50-50 chance, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, could be coming back. If Tom Brady returns to the team and Robert Kraft opens up his checkbook, this dynasty is not over. And if Bill Belichick gets an ample two months ahead of time when this draft is in early May and he finally gets a chance to sit through and watch all of those film and call all of his coaching scouts and really scour and go to those coach—I mean, like— We are going to see, like, real off-season bill this year for the first time in a very long time. And I have to say...
4: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.
1: Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: That that is one of the most promising things about the Patriots in the offseason. Because watching that game on Sunday, I really didn't want to watch this game. Because I just wanted the season to be over. To be honest. I didn't think that this team it was hard to watch. And I think that the future is brighter on the other side of the grass, and that's my soliloquy. Wow,
3: that I, was that was amazing. Right you did, there. did you I'm you really crying. like it? I'm, I'm literally crying.
2: You're crying. <laughs>
3: uh, you're you're di- you're you're right about all the all the offensive line and stuff like that. But I feel like the offensive line has kind of solidified itself a little bit. But oh no um,
2: no no no. But I feel no. like the, you, the I prop- no no Marcus. Shaq Mason is not I mean they better they're going to lose Joe Tooney to someone and that's something in the offseason they're going to have to franchise tag that guy because he's going to get big big he's money great. and I'm not talking about a guy like Nate Solder who was a tackle who literally robbed the New York Giants of a paycheck I mean robbed like Nate Solder was not worth the money that he was worth and to be honest like Nate, Joe Tooney could go out and could get real, real money in the in the offseason. I think that it would behoove the Patriots to not franchise tag this guy ASAP. I, I would much rather kind of like the, the chaotic, you know, uh, social media mess. And I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick would too. Than like an actual, like, sexual abuser or like, I mean, like a crazy mess like Antonio Brown. You know, I I think that anyone who like is a social media boaster aside gets a free pass, period, in the upcoming months, just because of who they are.
3: Like we don't care where your tweets are, as long as you can play ball.
2: I I I well exactly because I mean because after Antonio Brown, how can you even hold? How can you even hold a candle? To how can you even hold a candle to them?
3: The guy's literally trying to fight Logan Paul on Twitter. I, right you
2: know, I mean, but i he's trying to go over at Richie Incognito. He literally said, oh, Richie Incognito, you know, uh, arrested and, and thrown in jail for calling for the head of his dead father at a funeral home. But blah, blah, blah. brings up this whole story from the summer. Boy, you don't want that smoke. I'm just letting you know. You know, like, like you're crazy. You don't want that kind of crazy coming at you. And like I said this before on one of my podcasts, or the first episode of the podcast, like this guy got his head turned inside out by a hit by Vontez Burfect, and it kind of just goes to show that, like, the the, the severity of how people are outraged by Jadavian Clowney's hit on Carson Wentz at the end of that Eagles game. It is like uh, head injuries are should be taken more seriously because Vonda's Perfect twisted that man's neck inside out, and people in the league have said he has never been the same. And I don't think that—I just—I don't—no I, more white women. I No more Antonio Brown 2020, please. please. Please, please, please. He's on the bottom of my list.
3: I still have his post notifications on because i will just love to see the mess, but you're definitely right about that.
2: Um. All right, any final parting thoughts as we, like, finish this up? You skipped school to come onto the podcast, and I feel like you need to take over more of the podcast and get more of your voice out. I want you to, like, preach at. I know, like, literally you have, like, 100,000 Twitter fans that are so excited, and they're just geeking out. Do you have any hot takes for the upcoming Patriots offseason? I'm going to give you, like, a hot take meter. Oh, and you I have got, three. I have one. People are going to you mad have about this th- one. you have three hot takes, Bryson, and we are finishing Ooh. the show we're, th- we're gonna go three two, one, three hot takes, and you're gonna go at three, two, one.
3: Okay, this is gonna. You're probably actually gonna throw something at me if I say this, but probably a lot of Patriots Twitter's probably gonna follow me after this. Wait,
2: really? But like, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty patient person. I brought you a coffee, by the way.
3: Yeah, that's that's true. But in,
2: in the middle of a snow squall.
3: Okay, so the Patriots drafted Juwan Williams. They have J.C. Jackson. They have Tarps!
2: J.C. Jackson, that's Tarps! That's right.
3: They yep. have John Jones. Yep. So they have this player that's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. His cap hits 19 20 million next year. Maybe, yep. maybe they do extend him, but what if they just traded him for a first-round pick?
2: Wow.
3: What if they did you that? You are
2: going to get rid of Stephon Gilmore for a first-round draft pick?
3: I mean, he's hit. I love that the guy. That is
2: a crazy hot take.
3: Wait a minute. I, I said ex- you, can, you can extend him. I would be okay with that. But he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. People around the league love that.
2: I wouldn't put that past Bill. Wow. But okay.
3: He's a really he's a super elite corner. So I love the guy. In hot- I love you, Stephon Gilmore. But why not?
2: What's your number two?
3: Number two. I think number two is just that I'm excited for the Jared Stidham experience if it happens. Everyone else is just all down about the Jared. Experience. I'm like excited because I can see Belichick thinking, "I'm just going to surround this kid with weapons and I'm going to do my genius stuff on defense." And I'm here to I'm here for that.
2: What are, What are your thoughts on the whole like Bill Belichick is super happy because Tom Brady is unhappy? I I think you know that conspiracy theory, I think is pretty accurate. Like, I, you know, like the way that he was smiling so much, he finally is saying like, hey, man, I can finally win without Tom. And it's so crazy to me because I can totally, totally see Bill. I mean, could you imagine the bleep show that would happen if Tom Brady was like, I wanted to come back to the Patriots and maybe I wanted two more million more. And Bill said no. And he settled with the un- the drafted rookie and gave Jared and gave Jared, Stid- and and then- gave jared St- went all in on jared stidham could you imagine yes that the world would implode and i don't even think people like i, I like it's unbelievable to me to hear the callers calling into this radio station that are saying oh i'm totally okay with tom brady leaving and this and you know what and the guy has his due i'm okay People will need full-blown bereavement time if Jared Stidham, if he is the new quarterback of the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick surrounds him with Zach Ertz, Odell Beckham, Hunter Hunter Henry, and Jared Stidham. Wow. Okay. Number one. One, two, three, go. This is your final time to shine, my friend
3: the boogeymen are gone and it's dead.
2: Oh. Uh, it's all dead. Oh uh, shucks.
3: It's all dead. It's all done.
2: I think um I I think those are really good hot takes. Should I give like a one like bonus round like kind of like a scratch ticket? I'm not going to give it to you yet, but uh listening to Devin McCourty's post-game press conference, I was just kind of in zombie mode at the end of that game. I'm watching the WBZ post-game and I'm listening to Devin and I just—I mean, I've known—of I, I, everyone in the locker room, I've known him for—literally since he stepped foot onto this on this team. Like, I, I've known his marketing manager for years, and I just—I reached out, and I was like, Devin, you got to stop with the eulogy. You're about to make me cry. Like, he just went on and on and stood there for 20 minutes. I think Jason is gone. I think Devin is gone. I think all of them are gone— if Matt Slater stays, maybe. I think that Matt Slater has been given an opportunity that is unprecedented in the NFL as a special teams captain because of who his father was and who the special character that he is superstar, a shining star. I, but it is going to be very, very difficult. Internally in that locker room, if you lose Matthew Slater and you lose more or less like the priest of the team, Jack Easterby, who they, you know, the, the Patriots said that they called collusion on the Texans for bring Jack Easterby to the Texans. Like he was kind of like their peacemaker. It's going to be a very, very, very rocky, very interesting locker room if you don't bring Matt Slater back. So I would say of all of the I know that's not the boogeyman. But I agree with you. Pat Chung, Duran Harmon, like all of them, 29, 30, 32 years old. It can't, it's no more. No those, more. Those
3: guys have been to like AFC championship games every year of their career.
2: Dante Hightower. He could be traded. I think Bill Belichick, uh, there's nothing that will... If they do bring Tom Brady back and they have to figure out some situations, I don't think I would put anything past him to retool that defensive line.
3: And the entire defensive unit.
2: The entire defensive unit. I like it. Bryson, do you have any final words to say? What are your thoughts on Josh McDaniels? Did you like how we uh, kind of set you up with some scoop today?
3: I liked it. The scoop was set in my lap as you just said with the scorching scoop. I liked it. The scorching it a lot. scoop.
2: but you know what? Listen, Bryson Bryson might have skipped the first day of school Doesn't to come matter. into the WEI studios. It might have pissed off his mother a little bit, but he came in hot. You listened to you listened to everything I said, you know? But I think that your hot takes can I get a bonus hot take, please, like before we go. Like just a one more bonus hot take. I really, really, really thoroughly enjoyed your hot take, and I think that we're just going to tease the crap out of everything you want to say just to make sure everyone listens to the full, like, 50 hot minutes. Hot
3: take. Oh, man, there's a lot of hot takes there, but how about – you know, you didn't – you talked about the offensive line. How about Yodney Kajus to right tackle next year? That's the man right
2: there. Okay, that's a name to look out for. I think they're going to franchise tag Joe Tooney. And, um – if they build the offense around him, so be it. I'm not really so sure that David Andrews is gonna be so healthy. I'm not a doctor, that being said, but um it's gonna be a very, very interesting it's a very, very interesting offseason. Especially given the moving pieces. How much are the Patriots willing to let go? In the front of the house, in the back of the house, in terms of player, in terms of personnel, in terms of coaching staff, and in terms of that line of communication that is so solid, that solid black ink line that moves from owner to GM to head coach to offensive coordinator, how much are the Patriots willing to turn over for a new leaf? It's just a big question going into the offseason, and Bryson. Thank you so much for joining the Courtney Fallon Experience. I hope you enjoyed the show.
3: Well, thanks. It was an experience. Also just shout out to Pat Shep. Those are my boys.
2: Okay, Pat Shep. And can you uh, can you plug your podcast a little more?
3: It's at Title Talk NFL, of course. We talk Patriots, usually once or twice a week. But we've kind of been in mourning here, so we haven't really had an episode. This is the first time I've talked Pat's with anyone because
2: uh, Well, <laughs> I, I'm i I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy to have a chance to talk to you about that. All right. Um Courtney Fallon, Bryson NFL. You can check us out, WEI podcast, the Courtney Fallon Experience, soon to be a digital show. Uh, There's plans to be on the WEI. So, I mean, like, hey, listen, if you want to skip school again and, like, come back on with me and Fitzy, uh, your uncle, your dad, we are more than welcome to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. This was fun.
3: Well, thank you. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Thank you. (sighs)
4: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?